Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Orange and Back Check Podcast. One hockey league takes drastic members to try and stop the COVID virus. Or does it? This is episode 55 of Orange and Backcheck. Glad you're here. This is the Orange and Backcheck podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. Yes, it is. We are in episode 55 of Orange and Backcheck. He is Scott. I am Bill. Scott, how was your Halloween, man? Been a little bit. Dude, you know what I went as? I, ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to be one thing for Halloween. I finally went with it this year. I love this. The the Green Ranger. I love I it. I mean, seriously. You the pulled best it off Ranger. well, too. Well, you thank you. You pulled it off so well. I, man, good. listen. I just, I, it was a great costume. It was a nice little deal. Nice little find. Uh, the coolest thing about it was, though, is that I got the uh, the Dragonzord flute to go with you it. Did. So you yeah. had it all completed. Yeah, it was man, very impressive. It had even the gloves. Like the costume came with no gloves. Like I had the gloves too. So it was a pretty nice setup. We went out with the kids, and it was went to a trunk or treat over at my buddy's place. And nice. It was a nice little night thing. So, you know, given that. With COVID and not really able to go and do regular trick-or-treating, just the fact that, you know, we're over at buddy's house with some people that we knew, not many people there, but we'd go from car to car and doing that. It was a good time. It was a yeah. good time. So that was that was Halloween. Did you did you dress, uh, you know, little Mowgli? Oh, I said his name right. There it is. You did. Yeah, Mowgli. So did you dress Mowgli not, the, the mother-in-law brought over a costume for him. We put it on him like a couple days before. I was not happy with it. I was like, my son, what did you do to my boy? Uh, kind of like D- uh, Don Corleone after uh, Sonny gets killed in The Godfather. My yep, boy, yep. my boy. <laughs> so uh, we, and he, I tried getting it on him on Halloween uh, Saturday night because we had some friends over, and my wife and I, but he was not cooperating. And then we just kind of forgot about it. So he got off scot-free. We went, uh, my wife and I, we had, like I said, we had a couple friends over, like four or five of us, six of us at most. I can't remember. Um, we went as, do you watch uh, Shit's Creek with uh, Eugene Levy? No, no. My, uh, my, my wife does. I just never got into it. She'll appreciate this then. My wife and I, we went as uh, Johnny and Moira Rose. Which, oh, nice. Uh, uh, we, we, we pulled it off pretty well. Cause uh, Eugene Levy has the trademark big eye, bushy yep. eye, eyebrow. So yep. I did, all I had to do was wear a suit and put on fake eyebrows, which you didn't have to put really... on the fake eyebrows. I did have to put the, I, well, yeah, the very, <laughs> very well done. I, I was telling my wife that I was like, I have pretty bushy eyebrows. You never notice it until you try and dress up as a guy like Eugene Levy, but yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. what we did. 
Isn't that uh, his actual son, one of the characters? Yes. He has two, did... two of his kids are in that show. Oh, really? His, That's like his, his show then. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think he's okay. an official executive producer or something. I can't remember exactly. Uh. But his son plays his son in the show. And then his do- real-life daughter plays um, one of the town workers. She works at the, wait- at the diner that's in the small diner. Or like okay. the only diner in the town of Shit Shit's Creek or whatever. I, I we ventured off, but it was a good. No, it was, no, no, uh, it's great. I, I'd say the, the best Eugene Levy movie though, uh, mm-hmm. American Pie. Not even close. Oh, of course. It's yes. that, that movie is just legendary. If you haven't is seen it, you have to watch. Them? It. Is he in every one of them? I American think Pies? he is. I saw one, two, and three, and I don't know if there was a fourth one. But uh, he, if he was a fourth, it's going off to probably. like it's going off to like Band Camp. I, you know, he was in band camp. They he was in the reunion. band camp. They, they've done like f- American Pie was the franchise before they decided Fast and Furious was going to be the big franchise where we make endless films. Yeah. That, yeah. From what I, I remember. Something like that. It was right around off. the same time. I think that American Pie came out a year earlier than, than Fast and Furious, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. So, yeah, it, it, it was fun, but it's always, it, it was certainly different. We had three trick or treaters this year. We, we anticipated oh. not having many trick or treaters. Uh, so we didn't buy that much candy. Still have like fifteen or twenty pieces left of the candy. Nice. So, but it's ring. To have that many is very, very responsible of you because that would have stuff would have been gone the next day. Knowing most yeah, I, well, you also have kids, so you got you can steal an endless supply of candy from them as well. <laughs> I tried not to though. So. I didn't lose forty pounds and put it back on. That's true. So. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into this. I mean, there's. Again, not much going on in the Flyers offseason or in the NHL offseason altogether. Um, This is kind of what we expected. I mean, they immediately announced when COVID hit or when the pandemic hit and they went into the bubble that they were going to be fitting with a flat cap for the time being uh, for at least the next two seasons, maybe even three or four, depending on how things uh, leave even out. Um, my question to you is, are the Flyers what they are? Are, are we just going to see that Chuck Fletcher and company and AV and all of them are just going to say, this is who we have. We're going to try and fit some pieces in for the bottom six that we struggled with last year and hope maybe like a Joel Farabee or a Twarinski steps up and makes contributions in the bottom six that we didn't have last season. Maybe even Morgan Frost getting Nolan mm-hmm. Patrick back. I think they looked at this internally. I think the problem that's become is that there's been so little major movement with big money that needs yeah. to move. The Flyers can't take on any money. They got to move it out. They, they ha- and, and teams are very reluctant because, look, uh, we talked about last season, you talk about the player escrow. COVID threw a giant thing in that. While the cap is going to be flat for the next three seasons, let's be honest here. The owners don't have revenue coming in. So with any responsible business, regardless of how much money they have or not, if they're not going to have rear ends in the seats and ticket revenue and gate revenue, which is the main driver of player salaries, you're not going to be able to afford players. So yeah. even if you move money out and try to get a guy like Patrick Line or whatever defenseman you could try to bring in here to kind of replace Matt Niskanen, they're just really there might be options out there, but there might not be enough because their future and draft picks aren't going to do it now because now the dollars matter more than anything else. And I think teams are a little worried of having to give up a bunch of uh, assets for and money for a guy like line a for one year and not even have him really resign, have to sign him to a larger contract after that. Um, you see a lot of these deals with like Taylor Hall going on a one year deal, guys gambling on themselves. Some guys who signed the longer term years are taking shorter money in the near term and taking longer money in the long term, with bigger money in the long term, which is a backwards thing that we've seen in the past. Yeah. Kind of like a prove it type deal. So that way when those players get older, 
they're not going to be able to trade them. So that, that, that's a risk that teams are taking now in order to be competitive now. They kind of have to, too, because they, they, like, they, they don't have the money, as you said. And as, as if you listen to our interview with Sam Carcitti last week or last episode, episode 54, if you haven't tuned into it already, um, Sam said they're delaying this season, basically, it seems, because they want to see if they can get fans in seats. It's a right. good sign that cities like Philadelphia or the state, really, of Pennsylvania, the states of the lower southern uh, states like Florida and Texas and all these states and uh, are administering fans in the outdoor arenas. Obviously right. that's way different than uh, a Wells Fargo arena that where you're way more compact to each other. You're obviously indoors. You're, you're breathing. You have a better chance of breathing on each other in that sense. So right. like I'm with Sam, as he said last week, like I, as January one was that start date that they wanted to have camps and preseason or whatever, whatever the, the technical or the details were going to be, there's no way that's happening now. And I like, I think he alluded to February at this point, Sam, that is I'm talking about. And it's just like, it makes sense. I, I'm willing to hurt in the short term for the greater of the, the greater good in the long term, because the greater good is a healthy and prosperous NHL that we may not be at a full healthy and prosperous in February when they do want to start this game, be, or start this season. And I think that's a major, major problem. Uh, for teams like the Flyers, like the, the the reality of it is, is the Flyers are a good on the cusp of great hockey team. They're not in the level that we saw with the New York Islanders or the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're not there yet. And they're certainly not going to be, you, you should not expect them to be at that point in my opinion, for next season or even the season after because of just them being strapped. It's no fault of their own. It's just kind of what they're – unless these youth guys that they're banking on uh, push the team forward into the next level. But I, I just don't see it right now. Uh, and that's, that's part of the problem too is that they're, they're talking about starting the season sometime in the middle of January. You're not going to get a full 82 game slate out of that. You're, you're not, unless you're going to stretch it again until the end of next year. And then even 2021, when we get closer to that, when now when they're saying that things will probably look more normal than they are now, you're going to be pushing the season back again. At some point you got to cut your loss and say, okay, look, is it smart of us to go 82 games paying players or, Work with the work with the uh, union and, and cut down the season to like forty eight games. You're going to have. If you're starting in the middle of January and you can stop in the middle of June, you won't get the gate revenue, but you won't be putting out as much. Now that's a negotiation thing that you're going to have to talk to with the players. But look, with all due respect, if the owners are going to shell out money that they don't really have coming in to do for that, the players are going to have to step up too. I think they'll do it to be able to play. But that's where I come into a little concern is that at some point. You got to get this thing back on track at some point because now if you're starting in the middle of January, you're not talking about wrapping up seasons again until July, August, like you did before yep. at that point. And that's starting until January, you know, later on November or whatever. Um, guys got to get in shape. You can't go have back-to-back 82-scheme seasons right up back-to-back each other with like a month gap. Usually most teams get from April to October or September. Yeah. So they get like five months there. And the only the teams that go deep in the playoffs, really you're still wrapping up the season in the first week of June. So you're still getting three, four months there with that. Yep. You can't ask the players to go through a full 82-game slate, take a month off, and go through another 82-game slate. At, at one point, you got to cut the season down, I think. And that might be the only option for it to look like. I, I don't see how the NHL could even ponder at this point without gate revenue of – 
having a season that's more than 48 games. It's going to have to be resembling the lockout after it did in 2013. I, it just, it's, not, it's not smart business if you do it the other way. It's not smart business, but I do see I, – I agree with you. I, I would, it's, it makes more sense for them to, hurt, like I just said, hurt in the short term to, for the greater good in the long term for the health and prosperity of the NHL. Um, however, I think they can get away with – I think there's a more likelihood that the 48-game thing happens in 21-22. Because I think they're going to try and get 82 games in no matter what. <laughs> like, I think they're like, – because of what happened in March of 2019, they'll just do exactly what they did this year. They'll just go as long as they can. If they have to dish the Stanley Cup in, in, for the 2020-2021 season, that's likely going to just be the entire 21 season in the calendar year of 21. If that's going to be a full 82 games and they have to dish out the Stanley Cup like they did this year at the end of October, or excuse me, at the end of September, middle of October, so be it. And then they'll try and figure it out. And then they'll maybe, because the, the hope is, I would think, is this. You do a full 82 games, uh, no matter how long it takes for the 21 season. Then you take the two months off, three months off, whatever it may be. You start in January and you can bring back and try and, again, revamp. They canceled the Winter Classic, right? So if they canceled the Winter Classic for this year, they certainly don't want to cancel it for 2022, right? So if you are the NHL, you are going to try to get 82 games. This is my theory. And then the following season for the 2021-2022 season, that's the shorter season. But they're going to start the season, in theory, with the Winter Classic. Start off with a bang, get it with the Winter Classic, and try to make that a thing at that point. Like maybe – and then they'll and then they'll get back on schedule on that point because they'll do 48 games uh, with the stadium series. They'll still try and do all of that flair and, and, and stuff like that that you're normally used to seeing. After those 48 games, then you're back in track to get yourself set for the September-October start in the 2022-2023 season. It's a long-term thing. It's a long-winded answer, I know. But I think they're going to try and stretch it out for 82 games this season no matter what. I don't know if it's going to be possible. Bill, I think from the money standpoint, I don't think it's going to be able to happen. If their best bet would be to do a shorter season this year because at least you, at least you know this a couple things right now. Because one, one of the issues that's going to come up is the travel to Canada. With yep. the way the yep. cases are spiking in the U.S. right now, you got to think at some point Canada's going to shut the border down. you got to think it. It, it. We we don't know anything at this point. We're just speculating. But you think the way – look, Britain just shut down again. At yep. some point, Canada would do it before we would in the United States. That's for damn sure. But still, and hopefully it doesn't have to happen. Seriously, we, we, don't, we don't want it to happen. Nobody's, nobody wants this to happen. But um, at the same token – if, if that's the case, then you have a border shutdown and you have six Canadian teams that you got to figure out, you got to put them in their own division. And then if you're actually going to have a season two, you have to kind of figure out, all right, what are we doing here with the teams? How are we going to break this down? Obviously, we can't do some sort of bubble. That's not going to work for an entire season. You're not going to have enough arena space. You got to think of easy places for it to go. But they sent them all to Canada because Canada was having issue, no issues with the cases at the time of COVID. Mm-hmm. So now you think, okay, so what? You're going to have to have all the Northeast teams in one division. So basically, like, you'd have Boston, Buffalo, 
uh, both New York teams, uh, the Devils, um, and then the Flyers, Penguins, probably Capitals, all in one division. And then the next division will probably have to be both Florida teams, Carolina, and then Nashville, Chicago, something along those or or, or Dallas or the Dallas Stars. And then you have Dallas, to have yeah. set up re- yeah set up regionals that way. Even Honestly, more Scott, you got to reconfigure everything if with, with with this upcoming season. And you're easier doing it in a 48 game season, or even upwards of maybe 50, 55 games. Do it that way. A lot of back-to-backs, a lot of TV. Figure out a way to get more of the TV revenue. That's where I'll give you – that's a good call by you. Like, if that makes – if they go that route where the divisions are then realigned in terms of geographical sense, because, again – Baseball did it. Baseball did that, basically, because the AL East played the NL East, and Mm -hmm. then that was the only schedule for that that season – I think that in that sense, it makes a lot of sense. It does. Like if, if they're going to do 48 games, they have, they're probably going to be, be do it this season because they realigned the divisions. And because, again, like you said, Canada's the, it's, it's Toronto, uh, Toronto itself, when the MLB season started, said, Blue Jays, you can't play here. Like, yeah. sorry, like you have to go to Buffalo or what they were looking for a stadium at the time and they right. just happened to land in Buffalo. Right. Um, that's definitely a possibility, especially because there's obviously more Canadian teams in the NHL compared to the Major League Baseball. It's 100% a great point by you. Um, and I agree with it. If they're going to do 48 games in 2020, 2021, it's going to be a divisional, regional type of conference thing. And it's, it's going to be get, very similar to baseball. It's going to have you know, to be. It, and it, it makes it, sense. Like, it, it, like, I was concerned about like the, the Southern teams, but if you can fit Chicago and Nashville and obviously Dallas in there, it makes a lot of sense. Again, yeah. and I think what they're also going to do, and if that's the case where they do regionals, East, Atlantic, whatever you want to call it, um, Southwest, and then Canada, like you're going to have to just let the fans – of each individual team decide like Florida allowed fans uh, started allowing fans. Like you just kind of let that, like as whether you agree with it or not, like you kind of just got to let them do what they're thinking. Philadelphia is allowing fans outside. And if, right. if cases get, but, but again, those are outdoor stadiums compared to indoor stadiums. Indoor right. stadiums are a totally different ball game. They are. And, and think of it this way. You'd probably have, say, for instance, the Flyers are playing Tampa or Florida. You know, people are going to get on a plane and go down there still. It's still going to happen. And yeah. your people are going to do that. So you have you have to have the worry about that too a little bit. I mean, you know, it's, you know, all politics aside – you know, the NHL has to figure out exactly what they're doing. They might have to say something like, okay, like, look, we're not going to allow fans in the arenas this year. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's all for nothing or one for all. They can't have half in, half out because, you know, it, even with the cap, it's not going to affect it that much. But maybe, like, look, like, let's be real. Like, the Panthers aren't bringing in as much money as, say, like the Flyers. Course, so, like, yeah. you know, yeah. the Flyers might be able to make more off their merch than, than the Panthers would. So the Panthers might need to have some fans in the stadium just to keep the books going. So, I mean, look out in Arizona. The Coyotes are always in financial trouble. You know, that's another thing, too. There's a lot there's got to go on with this. There's a lot they've got to figure out. And I think that's why they're doing the right thing by saying, okay, look, we, we looked at December. December's not going to work. We're looking at January. We're looking at the middle of January, probably early February at this point. Maybe we can stretch it out another month or two because they talked about with the Olympics this year and having that availability there of that TV time that's not going to be used now because the Olympics were canceled or postponed. Well, they're also supposed to happen in August of 2021. They were just delayed a year in Tokyo. So, like, NBC is the sole driver of the NHL, so that's going to be another thing. Or do they just say – 
F it, we're going to work around it. Cause I'm curious how take the, the, the masters, for example, I don't know the schedule. I, I like, I haven't looked at how they're doing it, but the masters are in is usually in April, obviously, but obviously because of COVID they, they pushed it back to this week is no, I'm sorry. They pushed it back to the week, November 13th, the week of November 13th. It, that's a CBS product. Like the, the masters is synonymous with CBS. It's like, it, it's like uh, chocolate ice cream and, and whipped cream. Like they just go hand in hand together. Uh, and it's just what? like, I couldn't think of another analogy. Chocolate ice cream and whipped cream go hand in hand. What? You don't put whipped cream on your ice cream. And you put it on pudding. Not, with, with, not on Who your doesn't ice put ice cream, whipped cream on ice cream. I, not on chocolate. Like, what? Oh, I do it all the time. All I right. You might be the only Whatever. one. When it goes together like lamb and this, tuna fish. Oh, my God. This. Spaghetti uh, and meatball. Do you prefer that type of analogy? <laughs> I mean, this is America. If you don't like America, spaghetti and meatball, let's get the hell out. Either way. Well, fine. You, you want to do, do marinara sauce and spaghetti? That's the comparison. <laughs> well, now we call it marinara sauce. Oh, my God. Oh, I see, look. I, look. Leave the analogies to the professionals here, all right? Like, <laughs> I wouldn't go ahead. And I'll start be honest with off. you. I've completely lost my train of thought. You were talking about putting <laughs> things together as far as CBS and the Masters. Oh, so that compared, like, oh, right, because the Olympics. Like, I don't know how CBS is handling it on that Sunday where it's the final round of the Masters, and you also have whoever's playing in the NFL that's on cbs for that day like are they just tossing the masters on cbs sports uh the cbs sports channel which exists if you don't you probably have it and you don't realize it uh if you don't go into the high 800s on your comcast or uh, fios <laughs> channels like it, it's a channel that no one knows about but cbs sports is a 24-hour sports thing similar to uh espn but on the same side of that NBCSN and NBC and USA and all the all the channels that are owned by, I guess that would be Turner Sports. No, it's not Turner Sports. I'm sorry. But either way, like all of those sports are under NBC Comcast. Where are the NHL playoffs going to go? And if they try and line up with if they hit up against the, the Olympics, it's a mess that they are that is that is oncoming that is literally impossible and for to to avoid yep. like it, it's it, it's unavoidable if they want to do 82 games and they're having the olympics in 2021 that is if they're keeping the olympics in 2021 are they really going to keep them who knows i mean good point. You, know, you have to think about you know I, i'm sure with the olympics things would probably be better and calm down more than 20 in 2021 we probably you have hope. a vaccine out by that yeah you hope yeah, hopefully there's a vaccine an effective vaccine and hopefully it's something where people the cases are going down we have some sort of herd immunity somehow and you just have to get rigorously tested and things can go normal that way. But if it doesn't, then look, we're in the same situation that we were back in March. We got to figure out what we're doing again. But yeah. look, that, 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 that's why I give the NHL credit. There, there's no answer when it's going to happen. They don't know. I'm sure the NHL is exploring every single kind of option. But I'll tell you what, it would be pretty neat pretty to see the, the realigned divisions for a little bit. All the Canadian teams playing each other. I would like that. Yeah. You have six teams regionally. I mean, think about the matchups you get anyway. Like, for, for instance, like, you'd have Detroit back in the West playing, like, Chicago, and then you'd have, like, St. Louis there, and then you have Minnesota. That'd be a good, like, little region right there. Maybe it goes as far south as, you know, and then, like, the Southeast Division could be something like, you know, Carolina and then Nashville and then the two Florida teams. And then, you know, I mean, it really isn't anything else around there. Columbus or something along those lines. Like, mm-hmm. you could have that area or something. You, you got to figure out regionally because even out West, like you got three teams in California alone. I mean, you, I mean, you have the Sharks, you have the Ducks, you have the Kings, and then you have Arizona not far from there. 
in Arizona can make in me Vegas. another one. In uh, yeah, in Vegas, yeah, there's a, there's a whole. I mean, that's really that's the whole division. That's an anyway. easy division right there. <laughs> that's its yeah. own division. It doesn't have to change at all. Yeah. But then you have to figure out, you know, as far as like, um, you know, uh, you know, the Seattle's not coming in this year. They had to figure out Colorado. They're kind of on their own, and you have to figure out uh, St. Uh, Dallas. They're kind of on their own as well, a little bit there. Uh, there's some logistical things they have to figure out, but it's not like they don't have options there to be able to figure it out and get it done. So, yeah. you know, the league would be best suited to really look at this and say, okay, you know, there are options here that we've got to figure out, and it's there's, if they're going to take their time to do it and kind of see where they're at with that, give take all the time you need. I'd rather see good hockey and have it back in the best way as possible rather than trying to force it and – not have it work out, but there's a lot that goes into it, especially with the money too, because the owners aren't going to want to put up all that money to pay players if there's going to be no sacrifice the other way. So there's going to be some stuff going on. I'm sure we'll see some things come down as we get closer to the uh, closer to the goal line here. Yeah, and for that was one, a good analogy, by the way. It was fine. That was a good one compared to mine, <laughs> I guess. I get, I get, I get crap for so mine. Whipped cream. I don't know, man. It's it was like when you put moment. your actual ham on your hamburger. Didn't you used to do that? You put your ham on your hamburger? Oh, yeah, I did. Ham yeah. on the hamburger. Yeah. I don't do that anymore, right. but when I was a kid. Yeah. All right. Continue. Anyway, one thing the NHL is certainly not going to do uh, because they are not crazy, uh, they're not going to ban checking, body checking. Good. I hope not. Because that's what the OHL, the Ontario, Ontarian, I don't, I forget, Ontario, hockey, Ontario league. Uh, hockey League, which is a junior league, obviously, if for, for you who may not be familiar with it. Um, they are not allowing body checking this year. Uh, and it's through the Canadian government. So that's like, it, it, they have, what's that? It's asinine. Continue. Yeah, it's, it's, it's insane that the sports the, uh, I forget her exact title. The s- s- sports minister for Canadian government has announced that to prevent the spread of COVID, they are banning body checking in the OHL. And you just kind of think like, all right, body checking, like at the, like bodies hitting up against each other. I get it. But then you really think about it. You're like, wait a minute, this is hockey. Hockey and body checking are synonymous with one another. Like you can't, you can't live without the other. Like that, that that's just how it, things go. And it's, it's just crazy to me that someone is pitching that idea to try and say, this is what's going to prevent the spread of COVID body checking being banned compared to everything else that goes along in hockey. Like it, it's, it makes I, no sense to me. I have a bigger problem with it than, than COVID. I, I don't mm-hmm. even, I, here's what kills me about this is that there's a lot of kids who play the game hard and their draft status is based upon how hard they play, how hard they hit, how well they check, how well their stick checking yep. is. All that body contact is necessary to find out full dimensions of a player the issue that's going to come out in the draft the following year for some of these guys who are going to be predicted. Now, look, there's already tape on guys who are probably are going to get drafted. That's fine. But you have some of those guys who come up like in their last year junior, like, whoa, this guy's got a lot of potential here. He's a higher end draft pick to be in because he throws the body around. He shoots well. You're turning it into just a skills competition. Look, yep. if, if you want to watch non-body contact hockey, go to your local hockey rink and watch your mites and watch your squirts and watch that. That's what I was thinking. That's that, exactly, exactly what it is. It, it's, yep. it's, it's kids hockey. Look, and there's nothing wrong with it. The fact that the kids are going to be playing is fine, but you're going to see a lot more where the skill is actually going to be overvalued in the draft. And some of these players who aren't in that skill set 
are going to be undervalued. So you're talking about a weak draft class for 2021 when in a time you need to select your draft picks well because you don't know when you're going to be able to spend big money on players again. Not even and it's going to be it's going to be watered down talent with a lot of guys who have a lot of skill but can't play with the same grit and teams are going to wind up paying the price for that because you're not going to be able to fully scout a player if you can't make body contact. The not point even. of checking is to separate the player from the puck. It's not to hit the guy and knock him on his ass. It's to separate the player. And you have to be effective at doing that in certain systems, especially a hard four-check system where you're chasing down the puck aggressively. When you're body checking on your own defensive end, you, you need to make sure – or I'm sorry, back checking on your own defensive end. If you need to close your gaps and make body contact to separate player from puck, that needs to be valued and that needs to be looked at. You cannot have a full hockey season without that happening. They should just cancel the season. And I would never say cancel it, but these kids are better off not playing than having their value either hurt or overvalued because you can't do one of the core concepts of hockey, and that's body checking. Now, and and not even the fact that of – prospects of potential draft picks but also factor in the people that have been drafted that are in the ohl and then are just trying to develop themselves to get to that next level under the current team that they've been Bingo. drafted by like well said the, the those guys are even more in a in a pickle because they have a team that is counting on them to develop to the player that they want them to be especially if they're a defenseman that is a body checker or a a a an enforcer in themselves and now you're literally taking away the role of an enforcer obviously the the enforcer is a little bit of a it's going extinct in in today's nhl but they're still needed to some extent especially the ones like that are ivan provorov who are speedy and able to lay the body when necessary like that's the, the defenseman that's going to the way of the future and the fact that the ohl decided just to say this entire thing like if i'm a defenseman What's the point of playing this year? I'm going to poke check. I'm going to work on my hand, yeah. uh, hand-eye coordination with my poke checks. Is that, How, is that what you're telling me? I don't understand from a basic standpoint of closing your gap. If you can't yep. touch a guy and body check someone, how are you going to close your gaps? Do you have to maintain a gap and do a stick check the entire time? That does nothing to show the maximum nothing. potential of your skill set. So having these players do that, well, it's nice to, to say, okay, well, they can play with that. I don't know how it's actually possible. How could you expect a guy like you just said, Ivan Provorov? But even so, could you expect a guy like Travis Konechny to see his full value of a player because he does throw the body around and play aggressively? Could you see a player like the next Travis Konechny in a draft? We're not talking big skill guys or like Claude Giroux or Jake Voracek. We're not talking about those skill guys. We're talking about your second and third line players that bring that extra grit to your club and have that mixture of skill sets. So a guy like Travis Konechny, with all due respect to him, could be completely overvalued as a top five draft pick because of his skill set, because he's dancing around guys. But yet when defensemen start laying the body, you find out he's like a third rounder who can't do a damn thing because he doesn't have the ability for that. So that's where the concern comes in for me. And I don't really find the point in seeing it effective at playing because it doesn't give you the full aspect. Now, central scouting knows what they're doing. They know how they probably have to figure out a way to work this out. But I'd be really surprised that a lot of kids this year, they want to say, I'm even going to play and even risk it because it probably hurts me more than it helps me. And a lot of kids who are the last year of eligibility in, in my, in, in the uh, juniors or draft eligible, and they're able to take that step up. If they can't have one core concept of their game, 
not be shown and shown that value to an NHL player, you're killing a kid's dream. So, mm-hmm. like, come on, like, have a little more sense of that. I understand you want to play hockey, and it's easy to find the skill. But if a kid really can't shut down and close his gaps and take knock players off the pucks and really show how they bring value to a team and what they do, you're not. You're really doing a lot of these kids a disservice. And I don't even think they. And I don't even think they did anything to the Western Hockey League, the other junior league that's under this umbrella of the CHL. And it's just like, what's the difference between the OHL and the West WHL that one's allowed to body check and the other can't? Like it's just it, it makes no sense to me of why they centered on. Unless I'm missing something, and have, probably goes by the way it looks like it reads to me. Probably like a province type deal. So the ministry mm-hmm. store probably for Ontario say that's the case, but you have like the other cases where that that would be like Quebec probably did not do something along those lines. So so I wonder if I, I wonder without knowing, I wonder if there were just a higher rate of cases in the Ontario province of of Canada for COVID. I'm talking about because this is this is I, I I this all leads me to this is a way to try and prevent COVID that's just overbearing and unnecessary and it's not the proper step to prevent COVID being spread. And that's the thing is that here's what I don't understand either. If you're trying to spread, not spread COVID, body checking isn't going to be the biggest part about it. Yeah, you're making contact with the guys, but think about how close their heads get on a face-off. Like their right. heads are down near the ground it's and be they're bending right over each other. Who starts it now? Right. That's, that's what I don't understand is that you're not really thinking this fully through. You're taking body checking as a big part of it, but banging into a guy for one second isn't really going to be doing that. I mean, you're, are you talking no contact at all? So what happens if it's a contact? Is it like an automatic penalty or you get ejected from the game? Like, you cannot go through hockey without having some sort of incidental contact. It's just it's not possible. Yeah, it's impossible. It's not. Like I said, go to your local rink and watch the squirts and mites play. They're banging into each other all the time because they can't help it. They can't check in those leagues. They can't but, skate. They're learning to skate. It's you, know, just, you, can, you know, something I used to, we, uh, I used to coach was, uh, was uh, the bump and body. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, you stop at the player. Like, you don't hit them. You stop at the player. You stop late, and it's a way to introduce them basically to what to expect. You can't – I mean, you're supposed to stop anyway. It's not checking because you're not throwing your shoulder or anything. It's that you're going for the puck, and you're going in with your stick first, but you're stopping right next to the player. So if you happen to bump into them a little bit, yep. it's one thing. Introduce them to that. So – and that's that's the key. It's not a full body check. You, you, if you do that, is that going to be a penalty? I, I don't understand. I don't see how it's going to work out. I think the OHL is in major trouble this year. The other leagues, even if they're not doing it, but um, I mean, we'll, we'll have to watch, wait and see. I, it would probably be smart for them to, re- to hold out until they can return with body checking because it doesn't add the value to the game there. It hurts anything. Thankfully, but, they're not starting until February, it looks like. They're, I think they had a tentative start date of February 8th, so there's obviously plenty of time. We're in November now. It's, November, it's the, you know, the day before the election. It's it's 11. It's, uh, what is it, November 2nd right now? Yep, yep. Like, thankfully, hopefully they, they, they reconsider, can change things up because February doesn't seem like a long way, but there, a lot can change in, in between now and February, I hopefully, when it, comes to, when it comes to COVID and how this is all being handled. But right. it's a huge mistake, certainly, by the government of the Ontario province. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I, I see Theo Florio online all the time doing things about how Justin Trudeau and all. I don't. I don't get involved in Canadian politics. With all due respect, it's not my country. So I, yeah. it, it, it's something that's not my business to really get involved in because it, it, you know it's whatever you guys want to do up there. Have have fun. Yeah. Well, 
<laughs> Before we go, we got to, we did, we had Sam on last week, Sam Carcini. Like I said, if you haven't heard that episode, check it out. It's our most other most recent episode, episode 54. Uh, we didn't get a chance to do our husband roundtable, so let's do it here. Uh, let's bring it back. You have an interesting one, you you tell me. I'll let you go first because this uh, is funny to me, and I always think this is a fun debate, not just for husbands, but just for anyone uh, that celebrates the holidays, specifically this one, one, this one. Well, here, here's, here's the thing. So, um, <laughs> well, first of all, I got to tell you, I texted you this today and I actually texted mm-hmm. it to my wife and, and, and she was like, Oh, she goes, Oh, so you're going to do that. I was like, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so she knows about the topic already. So she already, <laughs> already knows, but so, um, our, we, we threw away our tree last year. It was on its way out the door. We'd have it for four years. It just, it, it just was a, a tree we got right before when we moved in and stuff like that. So it wasn't anything out of there. We just bought a tree. Mm-hmm. So we decided to, to upgrade this year. So uh, we, we, got, we got the tree to come in. A nice tree, a seven and a half footer. So it's, it's a decent tree. Got the tree to come in and the top was broken. Okay. So we called them up and they <laughs> sent us another one. So we have a tree and a half right now because they didn't tell us to send the other one back. Oh, you're talking about you bought a fake tree. Yeah, fake tree. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you don't buy that real stuff. No, I'll tell you why I don't buy oh. real stuff in a second. I don't buy real stuff because one year we found a spider's nest in there. My mom and I and all the links fell off. There was a there was a dead spider nest in there. Yeah, we found that. Mm. So we never bought I never bought a real tree after that. Anyway. Fair. So it came in. So she says to me over the weekend, hey, I want to test out the tree on Sunday. Okay. So, you know, throughout the week, I'm putting two, you know, I said, okay, well, why not just do it tonight? We'll just do it. No, I want to wait till Sunday. I want to wait till Sunday. Well, finally, I put two and two together. I realized that Sunday's November 1st. I said, wait a minute. I said, I'm getting part of your game here. Your game here is that you are going to put up that tree on, on, on Sunday after the day after Halloween. She goes, yeah, and? And I'm like, it's November 1st. It's the day after Halloween. Are you freaking kidding me? No, I, I want to enjoy Christmas for two months this year. Well, you don't enjoy Christmas for two months. You enjoy it because you got to get the Thanksgiving first. I don't understand. I don't understand. Why all either. of a sudden I we got to have a tree. It's November 1st and I got a goddamn tree in my living room. We haven't even celebrated Thanksgiving yet. No pumpkin pie, no turkey, no nothing. We, 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 we got a tree. So now I got to go look at that tree all the time. Now, because it's November 1st, the day after yep. Halloween. And right. I can't stand me. I, I can't stand the day after Halloween. All of a sudden, you're seeing the, the holiday commercials on and Target. There's little stupid dogs running around buying Black Friday gifts and all this crap. And now I got to look at it every single day for the next probably three months because knowing knowing my wife, she'll want it up after. after, after oh, Christmas. yeah. Well, after, yeah. after the new year. So yeah. I won't take it down to probably the end of January. So I got a tree in my, in my living room for the next three friggin' months. For we, my, and I kind of just enacted this into my own family. Uh, is Jen yelling at you now from the other She's side? She's giving of the room? me the death stare, but that's oh, fine. She was aware that's of this good. going into it, so she knows. So th- this is, uh, I've always been, uh, been living in the terms of my family would get the tree on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, and then that's exactly. when we would go. I think right. that's a perfect day to it's go the get it. Absolute perfect time because you celebrated Thanksgiving and then yep. you wait till Santa comes down in the Thanksgiving Day parade. Or, you know, even if you don't celebrate that, whatever. It just this is tradition. For a man, it's very simple. 
you 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 see Santa come down the, the you be quiet over there. All right, you see Santa. You're not a part of this podcast. All right, do you see Santa come down a little ho ho? Be quiet over there. Great. Oh, great. We eat our turkey, stuff our faces, get full. Next morning, we work it off by putting up the damn tray, and then you get it for the entire month, and then you don't take it down until after New Year because that's what yep. you do. An entire month out of it, plus a couple of days there, and all of a sudden, I get an extra three weeks out of it, because. Someone just wanted to make sure it was good and decided not to take it down. It's way too early. It's just way, way too early. early. Like way you, too can early. Can we celebrate one holiday at a time, please? Like, I don't nope. want to wake Lewis up the next Black, morning after Halloween and worry about freaking Christmas presents. As Lewis Black in one of his oldest, one of his older comedy specials, I think it's like 04, 05, he says, we don't like the holidays anymore. We just don't like to announce that they're coming. Mm-hmm. We just want to announce that these holidays are coming. We don't care that they actually happen. Right. So, right. I mean, think about it. Like, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, look, I, I just, I don't understand it. I, I don't, I don't get it. it. It's just, it is what it is. It ain't coming in now. I ain't winning that argument. Everybody knows that. So, you know, but that's the issue. Now is that at I've least got you have a tree. Half, now you have to, at least for the next couple of weeks, maybe, here's the thing. Maybe you won't get the full top of the tree until Black Friday. Uh, no, I was already told to bring up the, uh, the the decorations from the basement. And I'm like, hell no, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. Yeah. No, you can, you, Fight can, the power. you can wait till Thanksgiving for that one. I got to yes. deal with a tree for next couple of weeks. You know, it's great. You know, it look, it illuminates the living room very nicely. It's a nice decor. It it's very nice. And it doesn't, you know, you don't have to turn any other lights because they are LEDs. And then you have the garland on the, on the, uh, which is up to on the stairs. Now, here's the big question I have. Mm-hmm. Your tree. Yeah. Your family. Yeah. Color lights or white lights? Uh, so I'm a big fan of white I lights. I hate that we're having these questions, by the way, already. No, right. It's, 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 it's not even election day. It's the day before election day. We got a president, and I'm here pissing and moaning about a freaking Christmas tree. Anyway. I'm showing my age by some of those expressions, by the way. Pissing you are. But I didn't want to say anything. says. My God. But wait, are you a, a – so color or white lights? So I like white lights on a regular tree and I like a colorful star, but I really like the color the colorful lights on one of those small ceramic trees. You know like the ones that are like a foot tall? Oh yeah. yeah everybody's yeah, yeah. grandmother used to have. Yeah. You would and always I pick out the, the lights thinking you're cool. <laughs> yeah, it's just you realize, oh my god, it's just a white light underneath. It's not fifty five million other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I've always liked those ceramic ones. I like those little ones. For me, uh, having all the colored lights on a tree, it's just a little gaudy for me. I, I'm, I'm a traditional, I'm conservative oh, I in that and that. But I like uh, a I'm... big, blinky, yeah, colorful star with a ton of other crap on the tree. And, you know, you know <laughs> that, that, that's the way I am. But the just, number just, one dad ornament and all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm like number two or three. You know what I mean? Just like my Twitter Whoa. profile says, oh, my. mediocre, mediocre <laughs> goaltender of all time, you know. Anyhow, but I appreciate um, it. But that's the, that's my that's my thing. I, I just don't understand why people want to rush right after Halloween. The next day, have to put up a Christmas tree. I understand you get excited for the holiday season. There's nothing wrong with that. I everybody gets excited for the holiday season. Hopefully, most people do. I'm sure for the holidays, some people it's not the best thing, and you know that sucks. And you know it's not. It's a shame it has to be like that. But still. The idea is that we you go from Halloween, you, you transition, you're still in that fall mode. You don't go from right there from Halloween to dead of winter, which is Christmas is shown as. You go through fall, which is Thanksgiving, nice up the turkey day, and then after you you blow up all your Christmas stuff after that. I just think you day blow after up all your Christmas stuff. Yeah, you blow your, your, your people have the ornaments on their front lawn, the, the big air blower thingies that 
you know, as a Santa. The fake snow and all that. Yeah, all that stuff yeah. that, you know, that crap. So, you know, and then, because like, that's the thing, too. Like, what's even worse, you know what's even worse is that she's addicted to that freaking Hallmark channel that's got all those movies on right now. Like, they were playing Christmas movies last <laughs> week on the Hallmark channel. Like, why are you watching it? We haven't even gone through Halloween. I can barely get to enjoy my Green Ranger costume. And, and, you're, and here, here we are at Christmas. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening to this, Scott is dead. The Orange and Back Check is now a solo podcast because yeah. Scott has been murdered by his wife. Yeah. She's standing let's, right here. It's let's not be honest. Be, as soon as we get off the air, I'm actually extending this segment solely because the longer this episode goes, uh-huh. the longer you stay alive. The longer you get to live. Yeah, exactly. The longer you get to live and breathe. But and I do. Stuff. Unfortunately, we're at the end of that segment, so we have to wrap this now. <laughs> okay. We have to wrap this because because you are a dead man and i'm ready for this oh my god it's like michael myers standing behind you and ready to just stab you oh my god this is gonna be great maybe 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 this is still is halloween i don't know (laughs) she the way she like the blair witch are gonna be staring at the corner the way she walked in slowly it was like michael myers in 1978 (laughs) oh you should see the look you give me why don't you give a look at the camera for the show bill no for you. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, on that note, I think we thank you so much for listening. If you are listening on this step to this episode on Tuesday when we released it, it is election day. If you have not voted, go out and vote. Doesn't matter who you're voting for, go out and vote. It is the once a year we are able to spa- uh, voice, uh, get our voices heard. Vote f- your conscience whoever you think is best for the us vote for them we're not going to tell you who to vote for but it's extremely important important that you vote this is one of the most important elections if not the most important election in this country's history in a long 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 time and i hope you are listening to this episode while you're waiting in line at the polls while you're on your way to the polls and if you're in line at the polls and it is eight o'clock in Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, wherever you are. If polls are closed and you're in line, stay in line. You're still allowed to vote. Don't let anyone tell you that you have to get out of line. If you're in line when you are told the polls are closed, stay in line. You are still legally, legally allowed to vote because it is your right. And once every four years, you get to exercise your vote, voice, your voice to vote. Every four years, we exercise it for our president, but you can vote every single year. Please vote. That's what I'll say. Follow us again. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all that good stuff. Orange and Backcheck. Email us if you want. Orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. We thank you so much for listening. Scott's a dead man. Until Thanksgiving to decorate the tree. It's not going to be naked for a whole month.